Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. Fantastic. How are we feeling tonight, church? Feeling good? We are five days out from Christmas. Who's excited for that? Does that scare anybody? <laughs> who hasn't started that? Who has started their Christmas shopping? Well, the question is, who hasn't started their Christmas shopping? Yeah, everyone who doesn't start their Christmas shopping late, I've realized, is proud of it because I'm one of those people. Usually, I don't start my Christmas shopping until the 23rd of December. That's like my go-to. That's like, that's the day I get my gifts and that's the day that I usually fail at doing that very well. <laughs> I remember one year I got my sister a pair of solar owls from Kmart. Um, they were literally about this big. And she was like, I don't know what the heck I was thinking, but they were literally this big and they, were, they had solar eyes that lit up from the sun, which looked really freaky at night too. Um, but I thought she was going to love them and I'm like packing them away and I'm like, she's into her gardens and stuff like that, plants, you know, solar owls and plants. They go together-ish. And I remember I bought these Kmart solar owls and I presented presented them on the day and she opened them up and you know those times where people are trying to lie about the gift that you've just given them they're like oh wow thanks and then they have like they just sort of like it's like they're having like they're going in between like I'm I'm trying to be happy but really I'm disappointed because they look it looked grand the boxes were huge underneath the tree and you unwrap, have you ever felt like that Christmas day, maybe your birthdays, that you just didn't get the presents that you wanted? Tonight I want to talk about wrapping up Jesus or wrapping up the presents. You see, every time I think I have my mind wrapped around Jesus, he always seems to unwrap himself and I'm like, wow, that was way bigger, way more, in, like way bigger than I could ever hope, dream or imagine. Every time I think I have Jesus' movements and what he's going to do and how he's going to do it wrapped up, he always unravels himself and he presents a different picture to what my expectation was. And I was thinking about that during the week and I'm thinking, I, I'm actually grateful that I serve a God who's not limited to my expectation and you should be very thankful about that. But I'm also thankful that I don't serve a God who's limited to your expectation because God is a God who is inconceivable of what he is doing in the moment. And as we come to today's message, as we come around this time of Christmas, what would it look like for God to be moving in front of us right now in a real way? Could Jesus, could his presence be moving in and through us in a way that we did not recognize like we find in Luke chapter 2, 8 to 12? You can turn there now. You can turn on your Bible, switch on your iPad, flip the book. If you're still on paper, that's fine. Do whatever you need to do. But we're all familiar with the story of Mary and Joseph. Angel comes to Mary, you'll conceive a son. Mary says, I am willing. The, then, and then she goes on this journey with Joseph and they end up in a town called Bethlehem. And Mary's, you know, and Joseph are doing their best. They're improvising and they end up in a manger or a stable. And they end up having Jesus, baby Jesus in this stable. That's the basic Christmas story. And what happens after that, I wanna reflect on just for a moment. You see, in the scripture we're about to read, the, the first knowledge of the Savior being born into the world, other than Mary and Joseph, is about to come to fruition. And it's in verse 8. Listen to this. And it says, There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. I just want to stop there. Shepherds were not legendary. 
Shepherds were overlooked, outcasts of society, uneducated and unqualified to carry such a message. I love the fact that we start with the shepherds hearing the good news. It wasn't royalty, it wasn't the influencers, it wasn't the educated or the privileged, it was the outcast, the downcast, the oppressed and the forgotten people who received the good news first. That's good news to me. It says, an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. I would be terrified if that happened. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Pastor Caleb preached an amazing message on that this morning. You should go back onto our Highway Church YouTube channel to listen to that this morning. The joy for the, to the world. Verse 11, it says, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find, okay, so they're like, wow, this is, this is really happening. The Savior's been born. They have an expectation of what that Savior's gonna look like. And the angel pulls them in. He says, a Savior's been born in the town of David. And they're like leaning in now. The shepherds are ready to receive and ready to hear about this amazing warrior. And then the angel says this, this will be the sign. You will find a baby, disappointment, wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger, this is a little bit like the solar hour moment, church. This is a lot like the solar hour moment where God is like, everyone's ready for Christmas Day. They're ready to unravel the gift and see revealed before them the mighty warrior of Jesus who was going to, to free the land of the Roman Empire and free the oppression of the people. And they unravel, they unwrap, and they find a baby. And we get so used to that. It's the baby Jesus, of course. He's gonna grow, he's gonna sacrifice his life. Yeah, but they didn't know this. They didn't know the content. Hindsight is always great, but we have to remember these shepherds are hearing this for the very first time, that the Savior, the one who they've been hoping into, the one who was gonna defeat an emperor who was, who was a man of war, Caesar Augustus. This, this Caesar was known as a man of great valor. He was a man who, who extended his oppression over lands far and wide. Every single day, he oppressed more and more people. Every single day, he killed more and more people but they always had a hope. The prophecies in the Bible of Jesus, they always had, had a hope that one day their Savior would be born and they would be freed. And this is the day, but he was the gift that nobody would have wanted. He was the gift that nobody would have wanted in the moment. There were three things wrong. He was a baby, they wanted a warrior. He was wrapped in cloths, not wrapped in privilege, not wrapped in splendor, not wrapped in royalty or influence. He was wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger, not riding on horseback, coming down from heaven with a legion of angels behind him going, I'm, I'm ready to take this city. He came lying in a manger. See, his presence was coming in the form of a baby boy wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger. This was a disappointment, church. But what happens when we have a move of God right in front of us and it doesn't look like the way we think? Where do our hearts, where do our allegiances lie in those moments 
where God is saying, I'm here, will you join me? Will we be people who separate ourselves from the baby or from the, from the disappointment who go, nah, it's not really, he's not gonna do much. He's poor, impoverished, he has no influence, his parents are nobodies. His, his mother doesn't even have a ring on the finger, hello. When all along this was the Son of God coming down to humanity in a way that we just did not realise it. Something about unwrapping presents on Christmas Day, isn't there? Who loves unwrapping presents on Christmas Day with your family? Who hates unwrapping presents on Christmas Day with your family? You know, there's a couple different types of people in the world when it comes to unwrapping presents. There's what I call my wife's poppy's family's way of unwrapping presents. And then there's the Russell way of unwrapping presents. Very different, very different. See, at Poppy's family Christmas last year, I was there for the very first time. And I remember I was sitting there and I'm watching them and they all sit down, which is weird to begin with because we all stand up just ready to go. And, and they all sit down and they, they have the tree there and I've told her I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about this so we're all good, don't worry about me later on. But, or pray for me, one of the two. But what happens was they get one person and that person will go up to the tree, pick the present and then give the present to the person and that person will receive the gift and then what Poppy likes to do, she doesn't like to rip open the present, the wrapping paper, because she might want to reuse it. Come on, ladies. But what she does is she takes ages. It's so beautiful. I love the unboxing. I love the wrapping. I love the ribbon. Is that my name? Oh, that's beautiful. Good work. All while the present's still wrapped up, can I just say this? And I'm like, oh, come on. And then continues. Oh, I love the paper. I really just love the gift wrap. Can I keep this? The ribbon is just next level. And then, then it's revealed the present. It's beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And they, everyone in the room, every single present, not just one, I'm talking about every single present, goes around and every single person unwraps the present, looks at it, Thanks the person who gave it to them. What's that about? Right then in the moment. We don't have time for that. Then there's my family, okay? That's Poppy's family. And then there's my family. My sister Sarah is the designated gift giver and Poppy learned that last year too. But my sister Sarah, she goes up to the tree. Meanwhile, the family, everybody surrounds the tree and the tree's ready. And then my sister Sarah starts throwing gifts at everybody. And just like throwing, throwing. Here, you want some? Here you go, here you go, here you go. And everyone's just like, we're just ripping it up, ripping it forward, backwards, papers rolling everywhere, everything's happening, um, kids are running around, everything's happening and nobody cares about anything else. There's no thank yous. I don't even know what I got who from, what from last year. I don't know who bought me those shorts. I just know that I like them. It's great. There's no time, I'm ripping through paper. I'm not using wrapping paper from Christmas last year. I'm sorry. I'm not recycling it for next time. I'm just not good at that. I'm getting to the presents. I'm getting to the gift. You see, often what happens is we have an expectation of what the gift will be. We have an expectation of what could be revealed. But how do we handle it when it's not what we thought? 
when we've come all this way, when we've built up the anticipation, expectation and everything else and it's revealed and it's not what we wanted. So often we like wrapping up the presence of God so we don't get challenged to change by it. See, what do we do when the presence of God challenges us to grow and develop as people? This is what's happening in the story of of Jesus' birth. He was challenging the people. Will you come on the journey with me? Will you see the potential that lays within? Will you see and trust me on this journey that we're on? Will you rip past all of the things that could get in the way and just go, this is the gift and I'm using it? What do we do when God's presence requires us to grow and develop? It's, Jesus was a little bit like that T-shirt that you got when you were 15 that was three t- sizes too small, uh, too big, sorry. And you're like, what are we getting this for? What have I got size 11 shoes? I'm only size nine, mum. And the parents are always like, you'll grow into it. You're going to grow soon. Don't you worry. You see, Jesus was a little bit like this in the story. He, he was something that we were about to grow into. And more than that, he was about to grow on us. See, the same boy that was laid in the manger would not stay in the manger. The same boy that was wrapped up as a baby in linen cloth was not always wrapped up and his influence grew and his following grew and his power grew and his purpose grew. Only those who were willing to see the potential within him were on the journey. See, we can't always act as if we've got everything under control, that the the presence of God is actually not challenging us. See, the presence of God is the gift that just keeps giving, and sometimes it's annoying. Sometimes you're just like, I love the presence of God when it's giving me peace and patience and love and self-control. I love it. But when God goes, you have to deal with that unforgiveness, bro, and you're like, "Mm, nah, wrap it up. And you have to deal with that anger. No, wrap it up for the moment. You have to deal with that idea that's stopping you from entering into my love for other people in your world. No, wrap it up. Can't deal with that. It's too big. You have to deal with that thought process. No, wrap it up. So we need to let Jesus grow on us. We need to let his presence grow on us. See, God's presence is the gift that keeps on giving and it will challenge, it will convict, it will rearrange, remove and rebuild so many things in our life, but we need to trust God to do it anyway. Some of us need to unwrap the presence in our lives that we've left wrapped because we're scared of the change it may take, that may take place. See, we need to unwrap, how do we wrap up the presence of God with our ideas around the way that he moves. God, you can only move like this because that's the way I've experienced it. Anybody else is wrong to say that it's the move of God if it doesn't look like this. We wrap him up with our thoughts, our opinions, so many opinions, expectations and experiences. And you see, we've done so much work as humanity trying to wrap Jesus up. See, we tried to wrap him up to a building. We tried to wrap up his presence 
into a building, that the church and the synagogues were the only place. Jesus came and said, actually, you're carrying the presence with you. And you see, it's, the reason why is it's easy to come into the presence of God when you only have to be there on a Sunday and you think that it dwells in the building. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm saying I love church, I love coming together, I love celebrating what God's doing, don't get me wrong. But I'm saying when it becomes the excuse that the presence of God, the only presence that we carry with us is here on a Sunday and not with us on a Monday, then there's a problem. Because the presence that's here on a Sunday will change our life on the Monday if we say I'm ready to activate it in my life. But if we just say the presence of God is only in the building confined to the four walls that surround us, then no change is happening on Monday. Nothing's happening on Tuesday. And it's just a rotation back seven days later to get into the building, to experience His presence, and then to leave it again. We need to allow the presence of God to change us. Humanity tried its best to wrap Jesus' presence around a select, select group of people. But God goes, no, I'm for everyone, everywhere, anytime. I'm not for the elite. I'm not for the sinless. I'm for the sinner. I'm for the oppressed. I'm for the broken. I'm for everyone, everywhere. Humanity did its best to wrap Jesus around a set of rules and agendas. But Jesus broke out of those rules. He broke out of those agendas and said, I'm willing to love anybody who would be calling on my name. I'm willing to love the oppressed and the broken. Humanity did its best to wrap Jesus around a time in history. Just If he can just exist for this little bit of time, then he won't affect the generations. You know what Jesus did? He said, I'm going to change history throughout. I'm not just existing for one period of time on earth. I'm existing for eternity. Humanity did its best to wrap Jesus around a specific culture. That it was only the you know, Israelites and the Hebrews it was only those guys who were going to get the culture and be with Jesus. But Jesus said, no, I'm for all cultures, everywhere, all humanity. Humanity did its best to wrap Jesus around a grave and a tomb, but he always came back and broke out. Let's stop trying to wrap Jesus up and start trying to work with his presence today. What would happen, church, if we gave up our expectations and got on with his movements? We gave up the expectations of God. You know, there's healthy expectation which says, God, I don't know what you're going to do, but you can do it. That's healthy. Bad expectation is, God, I know what you're going to do and you better do it. I go between the two so often, don't we? Come on, be honest with me. When we go, God, I know what you, I know what to expect. I'm excited. I'm happy as long as I get my expectation. God's going, will you just trust me to exceed your expectation? Because if Jesus came the way that humanity wanted him to come in the story that we're reading, he would have only affected one group of people at a specific point in time. But he came in a way that was going to affect all generations. If he always met our expectations, church, he would never have the room to exceed them. He would, he would never have the room to exceed if he always only met 
our expectations. Maybe we should be praising God for the expectations that He hasn't been meeting in our life because we know that He's actually going to exceed them, that He's going to do something new. Is this speaking to anybody today? See, as a result of Jesus' life, there was, slavery got abolished from church followers who said it's not right. Look at the followings of Jesus. Look what he started in the early church. Education became for all mankind. Democracy began through people who said, we need to give a voice to everyone everywhere. The arts. You see, more songs have been written about Jesus than any other person in history, but he never wrote a song. More books have been written. More, he, how many, the Bible today is the most sold book every single year. Nothing's, nothing's overrunning the Bible in the top categories of books worldwide. Why? Because he was influential. Time Magazine said again that he is the number one influential man ever. More than Gandhi, more than Muhammad, more than Buddha, more than anybody else. It's the thing that sets him apart. But here's the thing, the people of the day wanted external change. They wanted Jesus to come and change the world around them, give them freedom, let them be free from the oppression, and who wouldn't want that? Let's be honest, I'm probably one of those, I'm one of those people. In the, if I'm back in that stage, in that history, I'm going, you know, I want to be free from the oppression. I don't want to pay extravagant taxes. I don't want to be under Caesar. I want to be free as, as, as a nation. And then Jesus comes in with this. He says, no, I'm not here to change the external because that's a symptom of the problem. I'm here to change the internal of man. I'm here to change the heart of mankind. You see, everything we see in this world and throughout history has not been the problems, like the racism and hate and war and terror and greed. All of those things are not the problem, church. Those things are the symptoms of a problem called sin. And Jesus said, I can just solve the, the symptoms, but like any good doctor knows that you can't just solve the symptom, you need to get to the root cause of the problem, otherwise the infection, what? Spreads. And Jesus says, I'm not just coming to band-aid approach this. I'm coming to fix the root cause of the problem, which is the heart condition of mankind. Mark 7, 21 to 23. For it is within, it is from within, out of a person's heart that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lawlessness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. It's a weird word, folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. All of these things come from the inside and defile a person. This is an inside job. See, when we talk about people, you know, entering in and being saved, we're not talking about being saved from someday heaven or hell. I'm talking about being, people being saved from, from having a heart that's corrupt by these things. I'm talking about people having a life, not, not living hell today, but living with the perspective of heaven today. And it's inside the heart of man that Jesus said, I'm willing to change that. Because he knew that if he changed the inside of the heart, 
everything else would come out and everything else would begin to get better. And more people that know the goodness of the grace of Jesus, everything would start to file in line. Ezekiel eleven nineteen says, I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. You see, His presence brings external change through internal change. I'm one of the people that all, I, I love to see progress. I love to see like it's actually working around us and stuff like that. I love to see like I'm getting my objectives, you know what I mean? And we, much of humanity is like that. We want to see what we want to see physically. But Jesus was never about that. He was saying, I need to do work on the inside of you for it to actually change the outside world around you. Church, what would it look like for us to unwrap the presence of God in our heart and allow Him to change what needs to be changed and to develop what needs to be developed so that it's not just us going, well, this is wrong and this is wrong, Jesus. And where are you here, Jesus? Jesus, where are you for this person and this person? It's not about that. It's about saying, God, I know you're for me. You're in my heart. And I know everything that I see around me is a, is a, pro, is a symptom of where my heart's at. See, if we fix the God problem, the sin problem from within us, our world gets to a far better place. See, at times God breaks our expectation in order to exceed them. Jesus was the gift that nobody would have wanted, but everyone needed. And this is the truth. Jesus did not give the people what they wanted. He gave them what they needed. Are we a church that's willing to go? God, Jesus, you're moving. I believe you're moving. I believe you're in the, and he is in the atmosphere tonight, church. He is still moving in your life. Can I speak in faith? That he is still there, present with you through every trial, struggle, suffering that you find yourself in. And he's saying, just let me into your heart. I loved hearing from Pastor Caleb this morning about what we do in India. There's so much need in India. Do you know how our missions work got started? Do you know how the family homes and the kids who are being fed? I've met the kids who get fed because of you. I've met the kids who, are being, who have been brought in from medical camps and healed with medicine because of you. I've met those kids. But do you know how that started? It started with God breaking one man's heart, Pastor Byron. It started with God breaking his heart and him coming back and developing this, this, this reaching thousands organization. And because of that, God was able to change the outside world. You, you see, it started in Pastor Byron's heart. It didn't just start outside, it started in his heart and it was a reflection of the goodness of God at work in Pastor Byron that we see today and through us. See, Jesus was all about changing the heart of man. And like I say, maybe some of us here in this room today, tonight, we don't, we don't really know the presence of God. We don't really know what it feels like. We've never really been in a church before. We've never really been in a, in a room like this before. Then I wanna talk to you just for a minute. It doesn't matter how you get to the presence of God. There's no wrong, right way to open up the presence in your life. It's just a, it's an, it's a choice to go, I want to reveal the gift. 
See, whether you come in and you just rip it open and it's obvious, or whether you sit there and fold open and you're slower and you, you know, have some questions and stuff like that, there's no wrong or right way. It's just that you get to the present on the other side. I wonder tonight if we have anybody in the room who would be willing just to say, you know what, I want to know more about this Jesus. I want to know more about this internal change that can affect my external world. I wonder if this Christmas we would choose once again to unwrap His presence in the places that we've left it packed away, stored away, kept away. Or we go, God, actually, I'm wanting to unwrap that. I'm wanting to unwrap your presence even more. I'm wanting to give you more free reign in my life. Jesus, I want to give you the free reign over my expectations of what I've come to know. See, we wrapped Jesus up in the beginning in Luke chapter 2. We wrapped him up, put him in manger. And then at the end of his life, we wrapped him up in linen and we put him in a tomb. Both times he outgrew them. Both times he broke out. Both times he was not contained to the room because he broke out. See, God wants to break out in our hearts tonight. So if I could have every eye bowed, every, uh, every eye closed, every head bowed, I want to just give an opportunity to some people tonight about this Jesus that I've been talking about. If this message has been giving you some questions, maybe you have some questions to ask, or maybe you just want to say, I want to get in relationship with this Jesus that you speak about. This Jesus who works on the internal and not the external. This Jesus who, 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 who I can have relationship with. This Jesus who broke down walls and barriers. This Jesus who accepts anyone, anywhere, anytime. I want to give you one opportunity now. I just want to, I do have to see your hand. I'm not going to call you out, but I just want to see your hand and we'll speak after the service. Is there anybody here tonight in the room? If you just raise your hand, you can pop it back down. Is there anyone here tonight? I'll wait for you. I promise. One more time, because you're worth waiting for. If anybody is in the room tonight and you feel like you need to respond, then just raise your hand, I'll see, and you pop it back down. Fantastic. Well, for the rest of us with our heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to pray for us. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, I just thank you for each and every person in this room. Holy Spirit, I just thank you, Lord, that there would be such an awe and wonder around the name that is Jesus. Father God, this time at Christmas that we would remember the reason for the season, but more than that, we remember that, Father God, you came to save, you came to set free, you came to bring peace and harmony to every place where hell broke out on earth. So Jesus, right now in this room, we just commit to you again. We ask, Father God, that you would work through us. Father God, that every place we've wrapped your presence up in our life, we would begin the unraveling, the unwrapping, and we would say to you, Father God, you do what only you can do.
It may not look like what I wanted it to. It may not seem like what I wanted it to. It may not be like what I've experienced in the past, but Father God, I'm willing to go on the journey. I'm willing to say yes again. I'm willing to trust you again. In my situation, in my circumstance, where I find myself. Father God, I thank you that you didn't just come to earth for a select group of people, but you came for me. You came for everybody in this room here tonight. And you call us sons and daughters of your kingdom. So in Jesus' name, we just pray that you would do what only you can do in our hearts as we leave tonight. Amen. Fantastic. Pastor Caleb.